We are back once again to another second part of the Sports Red Podcast right here on Heat 100 Radio. Catching you up on those scores that I missed earlier. New England uh, falls to Indianapolis on Saturday in the NFL. The Colts defeat the Patriots 27-17. And the NBA, the Lakers fall to the Bulls 115-100. to So, before... I get into the Ben Simmons stuff, um, and you know there's going to be ongoing Ben Simmons stuff, as like I mentioned to you. Right. Uh, so apparently, trade talks have heated up within the past several weeks. There's been a lot of talk of uh, multiple team deals that have been presented. So we'll see um, what happens with that. We'll talk a little bit about a couple that I saw that kind of, Caught my eye, caught my attention, rather. But but the other thing I wanted to talk to you about is we talked a lot about the Washington football team and all of the toxicity and the dysfunction that's going on down there. Well, former Washington Redskins quarterback Robert Griffin III is now writing a tell-all book. In regards to what he entailed as a member of the Washington football team at that time, the Washington Redskins. The book is titled Surviving Washington, and it's being described as, and I quote, an explosive tell-all about the shocking mismanagement and toxic culture within the most dysfunctional professional football team in America. So, I have no issues with Robert Griffin uh, writing this book. Apparently, like they say, you were going to get it from the gift horse because he's someone that was there. He endured it. So he knows firsthand what went on. And by him doing that, he has now been receiving some backlash from some other Washington players, so former Washington players as well where they don't seem to agree. agree with or want a lot of this stuff to come out, apparently, right. um, in this situation. So bag, huh? it's got to be something heavy. I mean, anytime the organization is under investigation by the NFL, I mean, by the FBI, and the NFL. It's something going on there. Mm. And for this gentleman to write this book, to put all of this out, is, in my opinion, something that kind of needs to be done. Uh, You know, it will give you a lot more insight, a lot more detailed insight, on what actually went on or what actually was going on within that organization. You know, um, there's a lot. Um, And I think the main focus is because he mentioned the phrase or the term sexual harassment, which in that realm where you have these macho guys that play football, Mm -hmm. they tend to want to hide those types of things and not talk about them. But apparently it's done something to him in a way that he felt he needs to tell his story. Yeah. 
So kudos to him for wanting to tell his story. Uh, you know, um, you have LeVar Arrington, who the three-time Pro Bowler from 2000 to 2005, called it a you-know-what move. The letter word begins with a B. Um, he also goes on to say, quote, why didn't you tell your story three or four years ago, end quote. Then he goes into, he says, because you were scared of backlash that you would receive saying that saying what you believed your truth was in the time where you didn't have all of the stuff that has come out with the cheerleaders and the emails and all of the stuff that makes it safe for you to be front runner of justice. I hate when dudes do you know what moves to be heroes and you do it in the comfort of knowing people already know what's going on. Stand up and be a man. Do that as before now. So, end quote. Um, LeVar Arrington, I really don't agree with it. So, in my opinion, and you know the way I analyze and I look at things, I think there is some type of fear Mm -hmm. or something where LeVar Arrington either fears that something that might have happened to him may come out or his name may come up in some type of way in this um you quickly went on the defensive Mm -hmm. as opposed to wanting the story to be heard in my opinion again it 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 doesn't matter to me Mm -hmm. how long it takes if it's toxic it's dysfunctional if the story needs to be told then whenever the people that want to tell the story are comfortable, then they'll tell the story. So it shouldn't be a time frame put on it. I don't understand why LeVar Arrington is saying he should have said it while it was done, not wait until after the emails came out and this, that, and stuff with the cheerleaders. Well, you know it's a trickle, it's a snowball effect. Once one thing comes out, then everything is going to start to come out. So again, I think in Robert Griffin's defense, Possibly his comfortability level is where it is now, where he can speak, where he knows that he'll catch the ear of some people because of everything else that's going on. As opposed to him doing it like LeVar Arrington suggested two, three years ago when it was nothing really out in the media and no one would hear him. They would kind of brush it under the rug. Mm -hmm. So I can't say you know, that this is the right time or the wrong time. All I can say is just go on the basis or the premise that Robert Griffin is now comfortable with it. And along with everything else that's going on, it's like a red flag saying, oh, okay, well, y'all put all that out and y'all trying to sugarcoat it with emails and this, that, and the third. I'm going to tell you the truth because I was there. So I'm going to tell you what I saw and what accounted and what I encountered while I was there. Right. And again, there shouldn't be, or I don't I don't think there should be, or I don't feel there should be a time frame when he should tell his story. Like I said, it should be whenever he's comfortable. And apparently he's comfortable now. And for all that, we don't know how long it took him to write this book. Right. Just because he announced the book is coming out now, we don't know how long it took. He could have started the book back then LeVar Arrington just didn't get it finished until now. Right. So I understand where on the surface you could 
somewhat debate and say, oh, his timing, his timing is like very in line with what's going on. That could be the case. We'll probably never know. Right. But again, we don't know how long it took him to write the book. Like, I'm sure he didn't write the book in, in the last couple months or so. Right. Or he didn't start writing the book when the first reports came out and now the book is done. There's no way possible. Right. Books take time to two, read, two to write, especially tell-all books. Two, three years. And when you start getting into the tell-all books, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the music business. You got to get Everything confirmation. Right. Like, they have to get samples Perfect, cleared and yeah. things of that. You got to get your facts right. You've got to be able to understand how how you can and cannot express those facts in your writing. Right. So, again, you can look at it both ways. You could arguably say on face value that his timing is impeccable because of all this other stuff is out. Or you can also look at it and say, well, this stuff has been going on. We know it Delicious. now. So it's possible that he could have been writing a book this whole time. And now he's to the point where, okay, somebody else opened the door, so now I'm coming in too. Okay. Um, another, Another teammate, Fred Smoot, said, and I quote, I just don't know what RG3 was thinking. At what point does his, what does this benefit him? At the end of the day, nobody is waiting for RG3's thoughts about Washington, Smoot said goes further for Smoot. Then he named it Surviving Washington. Was R. Kelly there? <laughs> Did I miss something? Very funny. Bobby is an irritant, and that's what Bobby loves to do. Bobby failed at his career in the NFL, let's be honest. Now he wants to bring attention to himself by any means necessary. And that's why he wrote this book. Right. And I can't believe somebody is actually going to read it. Well, and I end quote, well, Mr. Smoot, it's out, and again, he used the phrase sexual harassment, right. and with everything else that's going on, also, with the, especially with the cheerleaders, somebody, a lot of somebodies are going to read the book, okay? Um, I understand your point where you say, allegedly, um, he failed at his career in the NFL, but you have to look at that whole situation. When he was there, he was rushed back from injury. Mm-hmm. He was not treated properly as the alleged franchise quarterback. There was also a lot of talk that Mr. Snyder did not want him anyway. So you can easily argue that there had been could possibly have been some sabotage going on there. Right. Um, so, again, I, I can slightly understand where you're going when you say, he failed at his career, and he didn't have a, a stellar career, no. He tried to make a comeback. It didn't work out. But that entire situation was not all his fault, like the way this quote reads, and it makes you seem like you're blaming it all on him. It wasn't all his fault. I, I mean, I watched games where he got hit by opposing teams, and, and offensive linemen didn't do Anything. what – normal offensive linemen do to their quarterback, they didn't help him up. They didn't get up on his own. So again, it wasn't all his fault. At that point, again, face value, you knew something was going on there. You just couldn't pinpoint what it was. Mm -hmm. 
but you knew something was going on there. And right. with these types of backlash that you're that you're hearing today also makes me believe that there's something to this book that these people also know or experienced and are scared that they may get questioned about some things that went on and maybe they don't want to talk or maybe they're in cahoots with the organization they maybe they were some of the ones that got in good with the organization and don't want to deface the organization, if you will. But if you've got a guy that's telling you he's writing a book about A, B, and C, and then you immediately have former players angry, upset, and trying to deface him or de- deface him for writing the book, it also it's a head scratcher to me because I wonder what part did they have in that dysfunction? Right. What part did they have in all of the toxicity that is going on and is still going on within that organization? Uh, those two guys are not there. Lamar, Lavar Arrington is is a uh, commentator on Sports Network on NBT on TV. I don't know what Fred Smoot is doing. But again, like I said, for you guys to immediately try to turn the table and put this all on him, it again, it leads me to believe that there's some truth that's going to come out that some of these people don't want to come out. Where you're trying to say, oh, he's just want to make a name for himself and do this now because this other stuff is out. Well, in a, another light, you can look at it and say, what better time to do it now than to completely tell the entire story of the dysfunction that's going on with this particular football team. So, again, the door was opened. Mm -hmm. And now there are going to be people that come through the door. Hmm. Same situation. Um, You talk about the emails. There's a reason, and I'm talking about the Gruden emails, there's a reason that he was the only owner at the time that got those emails. It's a reason for that. Okay? And then John Gruden wanted to turn around and try to sue the NFL and Roger Goodell to say that they only did it to get him out of his position. Well, dude, you wrote the email. Was that personal thing? That was his own account, right? No, it was an NFL account because he sent it to, you know, Dan Snyder. That's legalized. They can do that. So they can look at that. But again, you want to sue Roger Goodell claiming that they had it out for you and this, that, and the third. But you you never mentioned what you wrote and how what you wrote affected numbers of people indirectly, if you will. But again, the book, in my opinion, is something that is, is going to be a read, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that book is titled Surviving Washington. Um, and again, you know, I, I am happy for, I applaud Robert Griffin 
uh, in a small way because he's has man enough to stand up and make the claim and make the statements now. And for those other guys, again, like I said, I, I, I get what you said. I understand what you said, but I, as as my own person, I don't have to agree with it. Mm-hmm. So I take my stand, and this is my stand only. Again, it leads me to believe Something that there's like that. some truth mm-hmm. to what Robert Griffin has been putting out or is possibly going to put out in this book. And there's a small fear that some of these other names may pop up, maybe not directly in the book, maybe indirectly, or maybe as it gets further or gets closer to the book actually coming out and people begin to read this book where they may double up and say, well, let's question LeVar Arrington because I read the book and he had some very harsh things to say. And let's see what his opinion is now that I've read the book and I can counteract what he says if he still has the same stance. Same situation with Fred Smoot. If you still have the same stance, now that I've read the book and I understand and I can quote some things from the book and bring up some issues that allegedly went on, how does your stance change? Do you shy away from it? Do you agree with it? Or are you directly or indirectly involved and wanted that not to come out? So we'll see. I'm sure we'll definitely hear more about the Robert Griffin book. And now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm probably for this purpose and and majorly because of this purpose and what I just read as far as the quotes and the comments and how I just analyzed it. I'm seriously thinking about getting the book myself and possibly making it a good, making it a read on my own. So I can bring back to my people and let you know what happened and get some feedback and possibly Mm -hmm. reiterate everything that I just said here today on December 20th, 2021. So stay tuned for that. We'll we'll see what goes on with that. So real quick, 1230. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a couple trades. And I talked to some people the other day. And, you know, once you hear the rumors that trades are ramping up, you're going to get on social media and you're going to see all kinds of trade rumors, things that make sense, arguably, things that don't make sense, things that will arguably never have a chance of happening. And... Things that may have a chance of happening. Right. So, in my opinion, excuse me, and what I've been telling people most recently about this situation, mm-hmm. and and I stand my ground. Like I said from the very beginning, I like Ben Simmons as a basketball player. I, I like the things that he brings to my Sixers team, or as a fan. I also would like him to shoot the ball more than he does. I've also been telling people for the four years that he's been in the league, there's a difference between being a point guard and playing point guard. So in my opinion, he's playing point guard because in my opinion, as a point guard, you need to be able to shoot free throws late in games for the situations that we saw him in where he did not succeed. What I don't like is the personal of it. And Kenny, thanks for tuning in. I'm glad to see you're watching. 
And what Kenneth Gale's college roommate, he says, no professional athlete is going to make up or materialize fascinating stories, comments, without there being some truth in it. What the athlete is claiming, uh, what the athlete is claiming, he knows by outright lying that he is opening himself up to illegal, to legal actions if he can, can cannot prove or substantiate those claims. And I'm guessing that's, I'm thinking that's in regards to what we just talked about with Robert Griffin. Thanks, Kenny, for the, for that comment. You're you're absolutely right. And again, like I said, I just feel like he knows something. LeVar Arrington and Fred Smoot know that he knows something. Right. And they're a little nervous about it getting out because it could be some ties in some kind right. of way. Again, like I said, it may be indirectly, it may be directly. But there's some concern, in my opinion, there's, a com- there's some concern there some stuff in, in there. what he could bring to the table yeah. in that book. Yeah. So, again, but what I was saying about the Ben Simmons issue is one of the things I don't like is his personal handling of the situation. Again, going back to where he allegedly claimed this all started with Doc Rivers' comments about him when he was asked if he was a point guard that could get this team to a championship. I had no issues with what Doc Rivers said after being the head coach for one year. I thought it was a valid point. He he didn't know. Right. It's his first year coaching the young man, and he saw physically what played out, how the season played out. So, again, as a coach and myself as a former coach, I understand where Doc was saying. So you have a lot of people still on social media saying that the Sixers are to blame. Why? I I understand where they're coming from with that, but you also have to take onus and understand what Ben Simmons has done. He's not squeaky clean in this whole entire situation. Robert Reeves, thanks for tuning in. He's definitely not squeaky clean in it. You know, and then he went into his back. He got cleared. The doctors looked at him and said, there's nothing wrong with his back. Okay, so you don't want to come to work still. You get fined. Now, you can't live that luxurious lifestyle that you had been living because you don't want to come to work for whatever reason. Now, you went into when you claimed a mental health issue. <laughs> which is not a joke. It's not something to play with. And... You only came back, in my opinion, because of the situation that I just mentioned. You can't live that lavish lifestyle that you were accustomed to when you were coming to work. But again, the way I say it to a lot of people, regular people, regular folks, you work five, supposed to work five days a week. You don't work two of them days. When you get your paycheck, you only getting paid for three days. So... At that level, you have a legal binding contract where they can fine you. And in essence, it's the same situation in everyday life where you technically you get fined because you don't get paid for those two days. The only difference is the dollar amounts in this whole entire issue. The second thing I am at my wits end with where I'm to the point now where I'm just want to see something done. I mean, he he's giving you every reason 
um, that he doesn't want to be here. So I'm at the point where we stop placating this gentleman. We stop uh, trying to fool the media and say that, you know, we still want him to be part of the team. No, just do what we need to do, facilitate a trade and get him out of here. And at this point, it's going to end up arguably being less than what you initially wanted. But I understand as a business, you want to try and get as close as possible to that now. Uh, Kenny comes back in and he says, Ben is an awesome talent, but he lacks the heart to be the kind of point guard that the Sixers specifically need. I agree. He is a child. I also agree there. A spoiled child and every action he and his agent has taken only shows his lack of professionalism. Who cares if he likes Embiid or not? He gets paid to show up and produce no, no matter your teammates even or even your coaches, period. Absolutely. So if you, after the show is over, there's an article I posted uh, earlier today, and it talks about some reasons why Ben Simmons could arguably be out of the league in the next couple of years. So I'm just wow. going to give you a tease there, but get over to Facebook, Sports Rap Podcast, in the group. You can check the article out, and please leave me some comments, and I'll get to those comments later today, and I'll try to respond or reply to some of those comments that you leave on that article. So... Now, I'm just going to give you a couple of these trade scenarios. And like I said, because of the situation, you're going to see some scenarios that arguably could happen. Some that have no chance of happening. Some that are just ridiculous that you makes you think, why do people even write this or come up with this? But here we go. One of the, and I got these that I picked out are ones that caught my eye where I could see some of this possibly happen, maybe with some tweaking in all of this we got here. So we got the Knicks and the Sixers. The Knicks would receive Ben Simmons. The Sixers would receive R.J. Barrett, Alec Burks, Kimball Walker, and Charlotte's top 18 protected pick in 2022. Not too sure about that one because of where the Knicks are right now. I don't see how Ben Simmons would fit with them because if they lose Alec Burks and Kemba Walker, they still have Emmanuel Quickly. They still would have Julius Randle. And Ben has shown us that he's the type of player that needs the ball in his hands to be successful if he's successful. Um, the Timberwolves and the Sixers. The Timberwolves would receive Ben Simmons. The Sixers would receive D'Angelo Russell and Minnesota's highly protected 23 and 25 like first-round picks. Like no. Said no. <laughs> and, and, and I don't like that because business-wise, I don't think that works. Russell, like, I, I don't feel like you could give up a two- or three-time All-Star for the end, I don't even think D'Angelo Russell has been an All Star yet. True. So I, I don't like that, you know, that deal there. The next one is a three team deal involving the Blazers, the Sixers, and the Pacers. And by the way, the Pacers are in a rebuild, and they're looking to move some pieces. So here we go. The Blazers would end up with Demonis Sabonis, Tobias Harris, Karis mm-hmm. Levert. 
and Paul Reed's non-guaranteed contract. The Indiana Pacers will receive Ben Simmons, Robert Covington, Yusuf Nurkic, Jaden Springer, the Blazers' 24 first-round pick. Sixers would receive C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., T.J. Warren, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Lamb's expiring contract. Now, that one there, I could possibly see. In my opinion, I still would need to do some tweaking there. Uh, Of course, we know the situation with C.J. McCollum right now, which is a big, somewhat red flag in it. We don't know his health situation. So he arguably uh, or conceivably could not really be put in any deals as of right now. Mm. Um, I don't know how Larry Nance will fit with the Sixers. I do like the fact of the T.J. Warren and the Anthony Simons, who are two guys that myself and Baldy always says that the Sixers are in dire need of, players that can create their own shot mm. off the dribble and at moments just go get their own shot. From the wing position. The next one in the three-team deal is Sixers would get Brandon Ingram. The Kings would get Ben Simmons. And the Pelicans would get De'Aaron Fox. I like him. He got better, too. But I don't know if I would give up just that for that. Um, But... Then you still don't have the other legit. You still don't have that legit wing player. I mean, Brandon is a three, yeah. but he doesn't shoot well enough from the three right. to be that devastating three Knock wing down. three that you need. And this is no discredit to Brandon Ingram. It's just me looking at the makeup of the I Sixers think, right now, right. where he could fit yeah, in. Right. I, I, you know, again, it's it's going to be hard for the Sixers to get what they initially wanted. Yeah. Now, here's one that I think could work for the Sixers. Sixers and the Spurs. Spurs would get Ben Simmons and Furkan Korkmaz. The Sixers would get DeJounte Murray, Thaddeus Young, Doug McDermott, and a 22 first-round pick, which would be top five protected. The reason I like this one, and, well, because of DeJounte Murray, who could arguably come in and be your starter at the point guard and can give you a lot of the things that Tyrese Maxey gives you now just with a little bit more NBA point guard experience. You can bring Tyrese Maxey off the bench, and then you have a three-headed monster who can bring him along and his counterpart as the starter, DeJounte Murray, and you still would have Sam Cassell and Doc Rivers Rivers as far as coaching to bring him along. You also would get Doug McDermott, who's a proven shooter on the wing, which is something that they need. The shooters that they have, aside from Seth Curry, are inconsistent, in my opinion. Doug McDermott would be a lot more consistent in that where he could come off the bench and you could also play him late in games with some of your starters. The Thaddeus Young piece, former Sixer, still serviceable, and he could give you that spacing 
where he can shoot the three enough at the four, Stretch the floor, yeah. mm-hmm. where you can have that space for Joel to operate right. in there. And and at this point in his career, you wouldn't have to necessarily Start. make plays for him or create plays for him. And he plays defense. So those are the ones that I thought that might be possible. Um, it might possibly work in some type of ways uh, for the Sixers. So we'll see what happens. Um, again, at this point, I also feel like, again, like I said a little earlier, that I understand where the Sixers stand was as far as the situation with what they wanted in return. But it's gotten to the point now where right. you may have to, for lack of a better word, settle for as close as possible to what you wanted in return as opposed to getting exactly what you wanted in return to make it work. So, again, we'll see what happens. Like I always say, I will keep my ears to the street and I will get back to you and see. Uh, Kenny, back again. He said, I love any deal with the Spurs. The players you mentioned are perfect interchangeable pieces and naturally allow the Sixers to maintain their D. Few defensive presses, I say go for it. Absolutely. And I think, Kenny, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, thanks for all your input. I think that one, something with the Spurs, is arguably the best deal, in my opinion. And if you want to get like I mentioned, as close as possible to what you wanted, you may possibly have to get a third team involved or whatever. But just with what I just said, again, everything that I just explained, I think that could work because DeJounte, DeJounte Murray does play on the defensive end. Right. Doug McDermott can spread that floor, and he's a lot more consistent, right. except aside again from Seth Curry, of these three-point shooters that we have, where you could arguably – move Danny Green to the bench and bring him off the bench as a veteran and be able to do some things on that second team and that second unit where you could still kind of sort of have a legit solid scorer on that second unit. So we'll definitely see how it plays out. So with that being said, we are about to wrap up. I'm going to give you the projected schedules for NBA, NHL tonight, and men's basketball in the top 25. We all know with this COVID thing, some situations may change. But I will be near my social media. So if I get alerts that things have changed, I will post them and let you guys know, keep you up to date and up to speed with what is going on. So in the NBA, scheduled for today, the Magic and the Raptors, the Sixers and the Celtics, the Rockets and the Bulls, The Thunder and the Grizzlies, the Hornets and the Jazz, the Kings and the Warriors, and the Spurs and the Clippers. In the NHL, scheduled for today, the Blue Jackets and the Sabres, Canadians, Islanders, Avalanche, Red Wings, Wild Stars, Ducks, Oilers. NCAA Men's Basketball Top 25, Alcorn State is uh, going up against number one, Baylor. Incarnate World against number three, Purdue. St. John's visits number 16, Seton Hall, and Northern Arizona visits Gonzaga, who was ranked number five. Mm-hmm. Closing out, we've got our schedules. The 
alleged schedules for Week 16 in the NFL. You start this week Thursday. So there's a lot of football this week. Thursday, San Francisco at Tennessee. I'm going to go with San Fran in this game. Next Saturday, Christmas Day, or this coming Saturday, Christmas Day, Cleveland at Green Bay. I like Cleveland. I like Green Bay. I'm sorry. I also like Arizona after coming off a loss in this game at home. Detroit at Atlanta. I'm going with the Falcons there. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Don't know the situation completely Lamar. with Lamar Jackson. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati at home. Rams. The Rams and the Vikings. The I'm going to go with the Rams. Buffalo, New England. New England going Tough game. I'm going with Buffalo there. Jacksonville at the Jets. I'm going to go with the Jets. The Giants at Philadelphia. I'm going with the Eagles there. Tampa Bay at Carolina. I'm going with Tampa Bay. The Chargers at Houston. Going with the Chargers. Chicago at Seattle. I'm going with the Seahawks. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. I'm going with the Chiefs. Broncos and the Raiders. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Washington at Dallas. Unfortunately, I'm going with Dallas. And next Monday, Miami at New Orleans. I'm going to go with Miami in that game. Just a stretch. Those are your Week 16 Week 16 NFL picks. As always, you know where to find us each and every Monday, 11 a.m., right here on Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com, and Facebook Live, the group page Sports Rack Podcast. Also, you can reach me on social media, at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out the webpage, sportswrapradio.com. You can check out the YouTube channel, SportsRap TV. Get over there, subscribe to the channel, like the videos. All of these videos go up, so if you miss anything, you can get them all there on YouTube. Again, subscribe to the channel, like the videos that you like or favorite, or which ones are your favorite, and make sure you hit that bell so you'll be alerted when new content is uploaded. Also, the audio will go up on iHeartRadio, GW District, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most of your podcast outlets. You can hit me up on Instagram, 2418, Franco Mulligan. You can also hit me on Facebook as well. Shout-outs to our, other, our third partner, Aaron Baldy Moore, you can catch him, Aaron Baldy Moore, on Facebook and at BALL75 on Instagram. Wish you were here with us, but we understand life life is what it is. And we always are welcome when you are here. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next next Monday right here once again and all week on social media. Chilly day to day, high of 40 degrees, dress warm, take advantage of some of this air. And as always, be great on purpose, and we'll see you next week. Yep. To everyone that is tuned in, thanks everyone that has tuned in. Yes. And again, you know where we are, so just get there, get it done, tune in. And you know where we are, you know what we're about to do. So right now I'm going to jump right into these NFL scores for week 15, which was, again, a crazy week like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk some more about that. So just, just sit tight.
work with us, bear, bear with us. We're going to get through it. Again, you know where we are. So if you got comments, please do not hesitate to chime in with yeah. your comments. So we go back to Thursday, December 16th, Kansas City at the L.A. Chargers. And a crazy, crazy game. Kansas City takes that 34-28. Mm-hmm. So as you know, when we get to this end of this, this part of the season, not the end, but when we get to this uh, point in the NFL season, right. we start to get our Saturday games. So this would have been the first week for our two Saturday games. Right. But unfortunately, COVID. with the COVID issue, right. we ended up just having the one game yesterday or Saturday. Sure. The Colts outlast the New England Patriots yeah. in that. Shout outs to the Colts. Uh, I'm sure some Eagles fans are happy now. Um, I'm going to go through the draft order in a little bit. Right. But Carson Wentz has done his job, and the Eagles will now get uh, another first-round pick. So it looks like they'll have three picks in the first round. And, again, on the, on the face value, you can say that's good. But you never know with Howie Roseman at the helm how it's going to play out. We've seen what has happened in the past. So I'm not – Overly excited, you know. I mean, I'm okay. We got three picks, but it all depends on how those picks play out. Uh, the Las Vegas Cleveland game has been moved to tonight at 5 p.m. So, in essence, you'll get two games tonight. You'll get that game at 5, and then you'll get the regularly scheduled Monday night game, Minnesota at Chicago at 8:15. In yesterday's action, Carolina falls to Buffalo 31-14. The Dolphins outlast the Jets, 31-24. Washington at Philadelphia has been postponed until Tuesday. Arizona falls to Detroit, 30-12. Dallas outlasts New York. That's the Giants, 21-6. The Steelers outlast the Titans, Mm 19-13. The Texans beat the the Jags, 30-16. San Francisco beats up on Atlanta, 31-13. Cincinnati beats Denver, 15-10. In a barn burner, on a saving tackle, Green Bay gets past Baltimore, 31-30. Seattle Seahawks at the L.A. Rams has been postponed as well until Tuesday. And the closer last night, Tom Brady shut out for the first time in 15 years by the New Orleans Saints, 9-zip. <laughs> that applause was for New Orleans and for Tom Brady. And you all know, if right. you've been tuned in, you know, I know you have and you know me. Cheater. You know how I feel about Tom Brady and his whole entire, and everything that has played out in his career. Uh, so for me, there are quite a few asterisks on some of those things that have transpired within his career. Right. I'm not saying it wasn't a good, a great career, but just for me... me too. In my opinion, in my thoughts, right. there are some asterisks and I have some question marks. So, right. the NFL um, has improved, has informed teams that the 2022 salary cap is projected to be at $208.2 million. Wow. It's a nice little jump there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say that the cap shrank $16 million from 2020 to 2021. Right. Uh, going down to 182.5 million this year, right. the jump to 208.2 million uh, presents a figure closer to where you would have been in 2021 had there been no disruption. 
So this was coming anyway. It was just kind of somewhat put on halt because of everything that we went through with uh, the COVID issues. Yep. So $208 million will be the new salary cap for the NFL. We talked quickly about the draft. Uh, now that we see the Eagles had will end up with three picks, and the Lions with that win yesterday have kind of pretty much knocked themselves out of the number one pick. Who, who took over their spot then? Um, don't necessarily know who took over their spot as of yet, but it's probably going to be between Texans, the Jaguars, and the Jets. So the Lions could conceivably fall to like four with the Giants sitting right now at five and six, maybe even lower than that. So, of course, you know what we do. We'll see what happens, and we'll give you reports as we get them. So, just again, getting back to uh, what we started off with, the COVID situation uh, in the NFL. And we're just going to stay NFL for for right now, but we know it's hit several teams. Like I said, even before the Sixers game was postponed yesterday, we've had bouts. Even last year, we had bouts with COVID. Um, Seth Curry. Then we had a very, very serious bout of it with Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid, who arguably is still, in my opinion, somewhat recovering from the the bout. And he was one to say himself that it really put something on him. Right. You know, so again, if you have a professional athlete who's telling you that it put something on him, right. it put him down for a minute. And you know, you, you think about professional athlete, you think about somebody that's in the best shape of their life right. and, and their top performance for to do their job. Right. And it took him down, same way it did with Tobias. Mm-hmm. So, again, it, it's nothing to play with. And uh, the city of Philadelphia has passed a law that's going to take um, a place starting in the new year. I'm not sure the, sure the exact date, but it's going to be very early into the new year mm-hmm. where if you are going to a bar or a restaurant, an establishment where you have to eat, where you're going to eat and drink, you have to show proof of your vaccination. You you have to show your proof of your vaccination. So be mindful of that. Um, I know there are people who have issues with it, um, don't want to get it, but it's the safest thing. Um, Or or if you don't, you'll be locking yourself back in um, to be where you are you'll be locking yourself back into where you were before without showing that proof and you know things are opened up so people want to get out so just just get the shot if you have it already make sure you have your card show proof of it i mean you could put the picture in your phone right you know um at one time they were trying to say that you had to have the card or some places wanted you to have actually have the card i don't think that's actually feasible i mean i think some people um really want to secure that card somewhere mm-hmm. and make sure that they have it if, if dire needs come and that they absolutely exactly. necessarily need it right. so we all have smartphones listen if you don't want to just take a picture get a document scanner scan it on a doc scanner on your phone just right. download the app for that purpose and scan it and then right. save it to your phone right. so you have it um just to save all the commotion and for everybody to be safe exactly. so with that being said uh, just about every team in the NFL has been 
in this protocol, has had players in the health and safety protocol. I'm looking. There's one, two, three, four. There are five teams, um, allegedly, that did not have uh, reserve COVID numbers. Those are the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Raiders, the Saints, and 49ers, and the Buccaneers. Of course, this is arguably um, a little dated article mm. because we know some of these other teams have had issues with COVID. Right. The staggering numbers, and everyone else that has had issues with it, are in that one to nine range. Right. The staggering issues are with the Chicago Bears, who have allegedly had a reported 13, uh, Cleveland, 22, the Rams, 25, and Washington football team, 21. Right. So in total, out of all the NFL teams, and I didn't give you the single digits, but in total, it's 160 players who had reserve COVID or team, that team numbers for the reserve COVID um, by the teams in the NFL. So what are you going to do? You, you're at the point now where you're deep into the season and it wouldn't seem to be ideal, for lack of a better word, to stop the season now. Right. I understand the rescheduling and the rescheduling is going to be very difficult and I see that because, like I said, you got games now. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, just for this week, uh, going in. But we don't know how it's going to play out, but we're definitely going to keep watching. Same situation with the NBA, who is uh, approaching the trade deadline. It's going to have an effect on trades. It's going to have an effect on traveling again. And again, like I mentioned, it, I think it's going to have an effect on Christmas Day games yeah. where, at worst, the games won't be as good as you expected them to be with the lineups yeah, um, that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may get a Kyrie Irving sighting for the Nets who play at 8 o'clock on Christmas Day, but they're away oh, okay. in L.A. playing the Lakers. So he can play in away games. He's just not playing in any home games. Mm-hmm. Because of the mandates of the city of city and state of New York, mm-hmm. the Hawks going to change the complexion of that game. They kick off Christmas Day at twelve noon mm-hmm. against the Knicks in the Garden. Mm-hmm. So we already know that Trey Young has been placed in health and safety protocols, and this was just I believe maybe Friday or Saturday. Mm-hmm. So those that's ten days. So more than likely he will not be playing on Christmas Day. So again. It, it may just change the complexion of what you thought right. you might see mm-hmm. as far as Christmas Day. But getting back to the NFL, I don't really know how they're going to get a handle of it. And even in the midst of all of this, we had the issues with the Aaron Rodgers situation. Right. We had the Antonio Brown situation. Mm-hmm. So now it's gotten real where... They really had to adjust their schedule on the fly. Mm-hmm. They had to move games, and games were at the last minute. You know, 
the Washington-Philadelphia game up until, I think, Friday, late Friday afternoon, right. was or early Friday afternoon, was scheduled to take place. There was going to be some things in place for Washington to field the team. Then apparently something changed, and later on that evening, I got a report that the game was postponed and moved to Tuesday. So we don't know just yet how it's going to be handled. I hope that the NFL can get a hold on it Mm -hmm. quickly. And again, there may just have to be, because like I said, they're too deep in, and it's too many logistics that would have to go in to to give them like a bubble Mm -hmm. or something like that. So I think what they'll probably have to do is they'll probably have to heighten the security issues and the rules and regulations and guidelines of these teams, especially the teams that are going to be traveling on the road where they're going to be able to get to the hotel and then that's probably where they'll stay unless it's going to practice all as a unit and then going to the game all as a unit. Right. So they're going to have to do that. Also, I think that's going to have to happen again in the NBA. Right. Because the NBA may have a little bit more wiggle room, but it's still going to be tough. Right. Because they're, it's December. They're going into, Jan- going into Christmas, going into January. And then in February, they have their all-star break. So they could be planning all of this stuff, like starting now and trying to work out a plan to get through all-star and then what they'll do for the second half of the season. So we'll also see how that plays out. Again, you've heard us say that the NHL has canceled cross-border games or postponed cross-border games. And again, if you don't know, Canada is very, very strict with this COVID issue where, you know, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in. Even some people that are there can't leave to go anywhere because of the fear of what could come back with them. So, you know, we'll definitely continue to listen and try and figure out some things and try to hear some things about what's going on and how they'll change this. But it's going to be tough, and it's going to be very weird, very strange down the stretch for the NFL because I think there are going to be some more games that are going to be uh, postponed. They're going to have to be played. So it's going to somewhat change. It's going to have an impact on the playoffs because some of these teams might have like that short week, which is usually never happens in the playoffs. They might have that short week going into the playoffs or even playing in the playoffs. So we will definitely see. Quick question, Big Hank. I'm glad you picked that up real quick. Uh, my manager at my job said, uh, imagine Tom Brady on Super Let's say Dave is in the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady. Yeah. I, let's say Tom Brady. Let's say he I had caught COVID. You think they're going to hide that or they just come out with that? Who knows? Who knows? They, I they mean, start it, it, probably. It, they tried before, but there's, there's going to be, it's not going to be a way out. to hide it. Because you have to have proof that you're vaccinated. So when you get vaccinated, you get a card. So there's not going to be a way to hide it. I mean, look at Antonio. Antonio Brown got caught using a fake card. So they're going to be paying attention, and they're not going to stand for it. So I don't. I don't think. No, I mean, and I really hate really talking about him, like talking about Tom Brady or whatever. But I just don't 
think that they will be able to hide it right. because it, it's going to be like watched. Yeah, my you know, it's going to be watched. So, you know, it's going to be tough to fake it or hide it or anything right. like that. Mm-hmm. So moving on, yeah. we heard that the Jacksonville Jaguars have fired Urban Meyer right. uh, after week 13 in the NFL, which I believe he should have been fired long, a long time ago. There's all, also people that argue that he should never have gotten the job in the right. first place. Right, right. Me too. I think what started the ball rolling mm-hmm. was the previous incident when I think they were on a bye week and right. he was in his restaurant mm-hmm. apparently enjoying the company of a younger lady. Um, they tried to, he was even, not even, he was supposed to be at his grandson's birthday party, but he didn't go. He went to his, uh, restaurant bar and hung out and did what he did and got caught on tape. And this is one of the things that I don't, I never, I don't think I'll ever truly understand with some of these star athletes, star coaches, um, actors, things of that nature. When you reach that level, high level, high profile athletes, coaches, high profile actors, and other places, you're going to be watched anywhere that you go. And it's like prime opportunity for people to get video, get photos, and leak them and get paid for them. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Because, you know, we all have, and we know where all social media mm-hmm. now has okay. taken over mm-hmm. the thought processes and in, in the lifestyle of a bunch yeah. of people. Yeah, right. um, people tend to use social media to create that life that they want that maybe cannot physically achieve. Right. So again... I'll never understand why these professional athletes, high-profile coaches, other people are not a lot more cautious of the things that they do or the cost of the things and places that they are. Because we see it all the time. We see anything happens, somebody's pulling out a cell phone, they're taking a video, they're taking a picture. And a lot of times... In some situations, like, it's even before you even check, you know, accidents. People start taking pictures and or fights before you even find out if the person is all right. Um, there was a while back, I was at Walmart, and their car caught on fire. And my first thought was, should I call 911? But then my wife was like, no, nah, if it's a fire now, and somebody probably already called. But then you've got people that are on social media that are filming it and nobody's going into the store to tell someone in the store to get on the PA PA system and say, oh, there is a car outside on fire. This is the tag number or this is the type of car that it is. Everybody pulls out their cell phones and everybody goes to social media. So, like, how do you think that person, those people felt when they came out? If they came out while the car was still on fire, or if they came out and they saw the fire engines and everything putting their car out, right. or having their car come out seeing their car burned, right. it's a 
big issue. It's a sad issue right. where social media now over. has taken over right. people's initial and immediate thought processes, right. which I think is crazy. But mm-hmm. the Urban Meyer firing, in my opinion, should have happened long time ago. Long, long time ago. Like right. I said, they, they let it get to the point where they, they finally the realized as an organization that he had lost the team, he right. lost the locker room, right. he lost the star quarterback, he right. lost another star player. Right. And, you know, I, I personally thought that it was a reach mm-hmm. to have him uh, be yeah. the coach of the Jaguars. Yeah. So, you know, it's a tough call Mm. with that hiring, if you will. But once you got in it and you saw how things were going, you had to have it on the back burner. It was like, yo, like, we we probably shouldn't have done this. We probably need to get rid of this dude and start this thing over earlier than what they did. I mean, you waited till week 13. So, in essence, for teams like the Jaguars, season is pretty much over for them. At week 13 with their record. Mm-hmm. So, again, you really had nothing to lose with possibly doing it sooner right. than week 13. Right. So, I don't understand. I don't know why they waited so long. I guess they wanted to be absolutely certain of their decision, which, again, in my opinion, shouldn't have taken that long. Right. Shouldn't have um, <laughs> especially the way his antics were right. throughout the entire time. So we'll never know, you know, that we weren't flies on the wall. So we'll never know the true, true story. We'll just know what they gave us and what we get in the media. And it's going to be tough for the Jaguars to bounce back. Because, again, you had a young kid, a rookie starting at quarterback, who was just basically ruined by his head coach. Now he's got an interim head coach. So he's got to learn, in essence, a whole entire new set of plays to finish out the season. And, you know, you always think, what does that do to his confidence? His confidence is probably shot right now. So hopefully they can finish out the schedule, um, sit down, make a sound decision on on who they want to bring in next to be their next head coach. Um, In my opinion, I think that they should talk to some of the guys on the team, just to get their insight. If you're going to move forward, you have this guy, Jerome Lawrence, as your yeah. as your franchise quarterback. I think you kind of need to get some input from him on who your, at worst, of who your thought, who your candidates might be. Yeah, I I don't know, but you know, I still think that you need to get in touch with your franchise quarterback, your star players. And have some input How on who you. I did you mean? I, I, the, I, the yeah, the I, I don't. From, um, the I, I, he, his Fair name has come up in other jobs. He um, needs a shot, man. So it's there's plenty of people whose names will pop up. Yeah. But with some of the names that will pop up, it would be a question if if they want to take on that responsibility yeah, that and that situation right. and that job of that team, knowing yeah, the how fractured the organization is behind the scenes. So. It, it, it will be tough to see who gets that job right. and how they go about hiring someone for that job. Right. So, 11.59, folks. Yes, We're going to take 
another quick break. Yes, sir. When we come back, we're going to talk some basketball. Right. Uh, we got a little story about Candace Parker and the WNBA. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk some Ben Simmons trades. Um, as we know, in the last several weeks, there have been reports that trade rumors have again. been ramped up and been started again. So we're going to talk about a couple trades um, that I saw that were rumored to be trades, possible trades, and we'll see. Uh, talk a little bit about them, see how I feel about I'll let you know how I feel about them and see how some of these things could work for the Philadelphia Sixers in the long run. Right. You are tuned in to Sports Rap right here on Heat 100 Radio. We'll see you on the other side in just a couple minutes. Black Wall Street is now online, baby. That's right. Visit the GW District. Shop the very best in men's and women's apparel and accessories, home decor, office supplies, books, pantry items, and so much more. The GW District is a retail marketplace of black-owned products and media. We're both veteran and black-owned, and we're bringing you the best online shopping experience with products made by small businesses. Come and experience the GW District difference today at Shop gwdistrict.com that's shop gwdistrict.com the gw district a retail marketplace of black owned products and media that's right that's right 